0: This morning, I would like you to turn in your Bibles or your apps to Matthew chapter 6. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, uh, if you're in a Bible, a a physical book, what I would encourage you to do is go to the table of contents, find the big section called the New Testament. And Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Now, if you're in an app, you're going to want to go to the list of books in the Bible. Matthew is about... Uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of the way down that list, uh, and so you'll want to scroll down until you find the book of Matthew, and then we're going to be in chapter 6. Now, there was a time, or there have been times in my life, pivotal moments that altered or changed my life completely, um, and I know you, if you looked back in your life, you'd probably look back and see that there were moments or or situations in your life that completely move your life into a new direction, in a new way. Uh, one of those times in my life was the birth of my first son. Um, it was July 28, 2010. Uh, that morning, Jana and I woke up, and we, we kind of went through a, a, an early morning routine, and then my wife came to me and said, Honey, I think it's time. We need to go to the hospital. And so we, we got in the car, we rushed to the hospital, and sure enough, later that day, Knox was born. And I remember thinking throughout the day how momentous of an occasion that was. I remember thinking, this is such a big moment. So, this is so life-changing. But I can tell you this, it wasn't until I held Knox in my hands... And I looked down at his little face that I realized just how much, or I began to realize just how much my life was going to be altered from that moment forward. That I knew that my life was completely changed because of this new little baby, this new life that I held in my hands. And I can uh, tell you that if you look back, I guarantee you've got moments that, if you think back, those moments completely upended and moved your life in a new direction, uh, that, that you were going one way and something happened and your life suddenly went a different direction and moved in a different way. It completely changed and altered where your life went, maybe what you thought or how you viewed the world. Uh, and today we're gonna talk about Uh, A momentous uh, aspect of of following God that, that alters every aspect of our life. And so I want you to take your Bibles or your apps and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now, we're gonna begin in verse 19, and today's passage is is pretty long, so stick with me, um, and we'll break this passage down as we go through the message this morning. But begin with me in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. It says this, Do not lay up treasures for yourself on this earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, You see, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's an interesting passage. And there's a lot here, and I'm, I'm going to break this down. But before I do, I want to give you my big idea. And so, if you're familiar with uh, the way I, I teach, I like to give a big idea, and it's basically uh, an overall summary of the main point of the message. And here's my big idea for today Holy faith affects life wholly. Let me say that again. Holy faith affects life holy. Now, if you're listening, you're on your phone or you're listening to our podcast and you can't see the words uh, of this big idea, let me let me break it down and explain it for just a moment. Holy faith holy in this part is spelled h o l y holy like like god is holy holy faith affects life holy and i mean that by spelling life holy as w h o l l y in 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 other words life uh, it affects life in its entirety all of life so holy faith the, the, the holy faith that comes from God affects our life wholly. It affects life entirely or completely. And, and that's what I want to focus on today. In a time when there's so much uncertainty and fear and worry and anxiety, I think that this is a time when we have to depend on our faith more than ever. So, there, I mentioned that there's a lot in this passage. So I want you to open your Bibles again and let's break down this passage for a moment. Uh, in verses 19 through 21, uh, Jesus speaks about laying up treasures in heaven. Uh, and th- what he's talking about here are there are things that we do in this life. There there are things that we spend our time or our resources investing in or doing that are going to have benefits for us in this life while we're here on this earth. But Jesus is telling us that we should be valuing the things, the aspects, the, the words and the actions that are going to affect our eternity. Our eternity is where we should be investing our time and resources. Now, that doesn't mean that you should go quit your job and, and and not invest and not save and not pay your bills. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying those things have value well, we need to keep a roof over our head and we need to buy food to feed ourselves and we need to take care of our, our children, etc. All that stuff that, yes, that, those are things that we're called to do. And if you read this book in its entirety, you're going to find that that is uh, encouraged, that that's something that we're supposed to be doing. But also we need to remember that this life here on earth is temporary, but our life is in eternity is forever. And so if we're gonna invest somewhere, our investment should be that which impacts our eternal existence and the eternal existence of others around us. And so what Jesus is saying here is that if we want our hearts to be God-focused, we have to value those things that affect eternity more than the things that affect our temporary life here on earth. So what are some of those things? Well, God says the most important commands are loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. So the fact is, is that when we love God and we love others, we invest in our eternity. So what does that look like? Well, we, we uh, invest in church. We spend time with fellow followers of Jesus. We talk about God's Word. We study it. We pray. Uh, We're generous with our money and our resources. And we value what God values more than what we value. You know, we all have values and opinions, but our values and opinions have to be weighed against the values that God has for our lives. And ultimately, we should value what God values. And so, keep in mind that this life here on this earth, all of the aspects of this life is temporary. Everything that we experience here on earth is temporary. But there are things that we can do that will have eternal consequences, that will have eternal effects. And there are things that you and I do and say that can be influenced by the temporary or the eternal and i would encourage you in everything you do and say to keep that eternal existence and the eternal existence of others as the first priority in your thinking in in your actions in your words so Verses 19 through 21, he's talking about laying up treasures in heaven. Then when you go into verses 22 and 23, he begins to speak about how the eye is a lamp of the body. Now, Jesus, this is a very complicated illustration. Jesus is saying both that the eye is a lamp that projects out of our body, but it is also the the portal by which light or darkness comes in to us. It's both. So what he's saying here is that when we have a vision for the things of God, we are healthy. If our eye is focused on bringing in godly things and by sending out godly things, then our life is defined as spiritually healthy. But we are all tempted by the darkness. There are things that we're tempted to take into our minds and our hearts that are dark, that are not of God, and we have to be careful not to allow those things to come in and to influence our mind and heart. And in the same respect, we have to be careful that everything that comes out of us is God-focused. It honors Him. It points others to Him. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. It's that difference of the darkness or the light that we let in and that we let out. And again, there are eternal consequences, eternal effects to what we bring into ourselves and what we let come out of ourselves. So that's verses 22 and 23. Then... In verse 24, he says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Uh, You see here, Jesus is making us aware that there are multiple masters that we can put over ourselves. You know, if, if we value money more than anything else, then money is going to have a certain level of control over us. It's going to have a mastery. And that applies to all sins, all temptations, whether it be greed uh, or lust or or, uh, hate and anger, whatever it may be, those sins can take mastery over us if we allow them to. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move and work in us and to change us to be more like Jesus, then our sins and temptations can become our masters. But Jesus is encouraging us here in this passage to not allow sin to take control, but instead to allow God to take control, to allow God to truly be our master uh, over our lives. Now, the last section in this passage begins in 25. And just like I did last week with last week's message, we need to stop and look at the very first word in verse 25. And it says this, the first word is this, therefore. You wonder why I've gone through so much, why I started at verse 19 rather than verse 25? Well, the reason is, is because verse 25 says, therefore, anytime you see the word so, or therefore, or because of, anytime you see a word or a statement like that, it's pointing you to the previous text to the previous passages. And so in order to understand uh, verses 25 all the way to the end uh, of 34, we have to understand what's in the previous section. They're, They're connected, they're intertwined with one another. So in verses 25 through 34, Jesus is talking about not being anxious for our lives or for uh what we need in our lives but he's talking about that because he spoke about laying up treasures in heaven and how our eyes are a lamp of our body and how we cannot serve two masters we are either going to be devoted to one and hate the other uh, or we're going to devote our life to one and despise the other and so this idea here, in, starting in verse 25, about not being anxious, is tied to who is master over our lives. You see, go back to the main idea, to the big idea. The big idea was holy faith affects life wholly. Your faith is in something. Your faith is laid into something, whether it's money uh, or government or relationships or whatever it may be, your life, you've placed your life and your faith in something. And Jesus is saying here in this passage, if your faith is not completely and wholly devoted to Jesus, to God, then your faith, your life, is not going to be spiritually healthy. You're going to miss what God has for you. You're going to miss the blessing. You're going to be driven away from healthiness if your faith is in anything other than Jesus So in verses 25 through 34, Jesus begins to speak about how our faith is, where our faith is founded and how that affects our thinking, how that affects what we think in our minds. And you see, so it says, where your faith is founded, there your thoughts will be founded. This means uh, that uh, our thoughts are going to follow our faith. Now, Now, let me clarify one point for just a moment. If we have faith in Jesus, does that mean that we'll never have a mental struggle or never deal with fear or worry or anxiety? No, fear and worry and anxiety and mental distress and and all of those things, those are real things. And, And faith is not the ultimate cure. Faith is the cure, but it may come along with following faiths recommendations Uh, i say that faith may not be the ultimate cure because if you think of faith as just believing just believing in jesus then believing alone is not a cure the bible gives us so much instruction about how to cure and how to handle and how to deal with worry and anxiety and and and, uh, fear and with mental difficulties And many of those things, take Proverbs, for example. Proverbs instructs us to go and seek godly, wise counsel. You know, sometimes the cure for the struggle that we have, whether it be mental or physical, may be going to an expert or a leader, a religious leader. Maybe it's going to a pastor or maybe it's going to a biblical counselor. Ultimately, we have to have faith in Christ, but that faith, in turn, dictates what we do and how we respond to what's going on in our mind. You see, I made the bold statement that faith isn't the ultimate cure, but I'm going to go back on that now and say that faith is the ultimate cure if we're talking about faith being the entire understanding of of what Christ and the Bible calls us to do. You see, there are a lot of pastors out there that tell you, well, if you've got enough faith, you'll never be sick and you'll never uh, have, have any needs and you'll, you'll always have abundance. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that our faith directs us to go and seek what God has instructed us to seek. And we will get sick. We will have struggles. We will have difficulties. But the fact of the matter is, is that faith is not just believing in a person that lived 2,000 years ago and died on a cross and rose from the grave. Faith is more than that. Faith is saying, I believe in Jesus, but I believe in every word that he has given me, every instruction And I believe in that faith that Jesus is ultimately all-powerful, all-knowing, unchanging, all-present, that he can affect my life. But ultimately, it's Jesus's choice as to whether he's going to affect our lives or not. Affect our lives in the way we want our lives to be affected. Sometimes we may ask God for something, and he says, wait sometimes we ask for something and god says no and sometimes we ask and god says yes here it is Uh, and ultimately whatever the answer is from jesus that answer is the best circumstance for us and there's a purpose behind the answer that he gives us ultimately our faith has to be in jesus not in the things of this world, not in the things that we want, but in the things in the direction that he wants and gives. All too many times, we define Jesus by our terms. Jesus is far above you and I, and we can never box him in and say that he has to do things the way we want them to be done. We ultimately have to go to Him and say, here's my need, I submit myself to you and your power and wisdom and knowledge. And ultimately, we have to be okay with the direction that He gives. You see, mental illness is a real thing. Fear, anxiety, and worry are real things. And God's word instructs us to have faith, but to go and get help for those real things. And so, ultimately, we have to recognize that God has a plan and a purpose, and we need to have faith in Him and His plan and purpose for us. So, ideally, our faith in Jesus would have a positive effect in our fear and worry and anxiety But sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes we have to battle that fear and worry and anxiety through biblical means. Sometimes that's sitting with a counselor. Sometimes it's talking to a pastor. Sometimes it's uh, taking a medication that is prescribed to you. Whatever that means, that's what God may be calling you to do. The point is this. The point is that our thoughts, including our fears and worries and anxieties, are under submission to the faith of Jesus. Faith doesn't always get rid of negative negative thoughts, but it dictates how we deal with those negative thoughts. And so for you and I, as followers of Jesus, we're called to recognize our faith and put our thoughts and our fears and anxieties and emotions, put all of those in submission to him. We have to be willing to give them to Jesus, laying them at his feet and saying, you do what you want to do with these. And I need your guidance to know what you want me to do with the things that I'm placing in front of you. So, holy faith affects life wholly. Choose what your faith will be founded on. And when you have that uh, when you've decided where your faith is going to be placed, trust in that, depend on that completely. Our faith in Jesus is the only place that faith is placed. It's the only person, it's the only aspect of this world or of society or culture that we can truly depend on, that we can truly place faith in. You see, there's nothing that can compete with our faith in Jesus your money does not deserve your faith your science does not deserve your faith hope in some change in our society or culture is does not deserve our faith government and politicians do not deserve our faith Jesus alone deserves our faith he alone deserves our devotion and our complete faith in him. So what we treasure or value should reflect our faith in Jesus. Where your vision and devotion are directed should reflect your faith in Jesus. Your undivided loyalty should reflect your faith in Jesus. And your thoughts and your emotions should reflect your faith in Jesus. You see, when you became a follower of Jesus, your life in that moment was forever altered. Just like the moment when I held my son for the first time in my hands, I knew that my life was going to change from that point forward. The moment you and I became followers of Jesus, our lives were completely altered from that point forward. And that faith is what drives that new direction of our life. Now, if you're watching right now, if you're listening right now, and you're not a follower of Jesus, let me speak to you for just a moment. Jesus is the one and only way to eternity in heaven. We've got a choice here on this earth. We can choose to follow Jesus and go to heaven and be in perfection for all of eternity. Or we can choose to deny Jesus, to not follow him, uh, to rebel against his will uh, and his plans for our lives. And in that rebellion, we will if, suffer eternal death. And we have the choice, you see, the cure for our disease of sin. We're, we're all stricken. We're, we're all diseased by our sin. And that disease, if not cured, will ultimately lead, ultimately lead to eternal death. But you and I have a choice. There's a cure for that disease that leads to eternal death. And that cure, the one and only cure that's out there is the blood of Jesus. You see, when Jesus died on that cross, his blood was shed as a sacrifice that covers the consequences of our sins and in turn rescues or saves us from our sins. It's that sin that leads us to death that ultimately is the disease that's going to kill us and kill us for all eternity, lead us in, a, in eternal death. But Jesus died on a cross so that we could be cured of the disease of sin. And if you will accept the cure that Jesus provides for you, your sins and the consequences of your sins can be wiped clean. You can be made a child of God. And in so, you can guarantee that your eternal dwelling, your eternal place, your eternal existence will be in heaven. And here's what I want you to do. If you've got questions about that, uh, if you are curious about what the next steps or what this means, or you're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus from this point forward, what I want you to do right now is I want you to send me a direct message or or send me an email right now and I will call you, I will message you and I would love to have a conversation about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like. And so I want you to stop what you're doing. You can ignore the rest of this message. I want you to send me a direct message or an email right now, and I will return that email back and start talking to you. And I would love to guide you in the next steps of your journey with Jesus. Uh, so don't stop. Don't hesitate. Don't blink. Go ahead and send me a direct message or an email right now. Uh, direct message or an email at chad at fsbcs.org. So, our faith should be in jesus alone but here's the thing we get pulled by so many other things that are grasping for our faith so go with me last time we'll go back to this passage uh, but i want you to look with me in, in chapter six and i want you to scroll down with me uh, to verse 33 it's right at the end it's the next to, to the last verse Chapter six, verse 33, and it says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things, treasures in heaven, and eye that is a lamp to the body, uh, that, that devotion to God alone, that mastery of Jesus in our life, and, and the, the fix, the direction to overcome our fears and our worries and our exa- anxieties, all of those things will be added to us. Let me read that again, verse 33. But, do, but seek the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Our first devotion, our first dedication, our faith, uh, our first place we go to, our first thoughts, our first leaning, are ultimately our lives should be seeking God and his righteousness first. We've got an election coming up this, this November. And guys, while, while I'm sure you can argue that it's an important election, ultimately the election does not save us. It doesn't matter who wins the elections for the various offices that are coming up. Those elections mean nothing in light of our eternity but we place so much devotion into money or to relationships or into politicians or government when those things will always fail us so where is your devotion what do you truly place your faith in is it jesus or is it something else there are so many things vying for our faith. Please, take this week and carefully look inside your mind and your heart and ask the Lord to reveal to you where your faith is founded. Is your faith wholly founded in Jesus? Or is your faith divided between Jesus and something else? That's the question that I would encourage you to think about this week. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, thank you. Thank you that you are a God that we can place 100% of our devotion and our faith in. And help us, Lord as we are sinful creatures and we are so many times divided by our devotion to one thing or another, please help us to be 100% devoted to you and you alone. Give us the strength to change. Give us the courage to turn our back on the things that have pulled us away from you and help us to turn ourselves completely and wholly to you and the faith that we have in you. Help us to not be distracted by the things of this world, but to first to seek you and your righteousness and have faith that you're going to take care of everything else when we do that. Lord, we thank you for who you are and for your love for us. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our loving Savior. Amen.